You are locked on Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, everybody, we welcome you aboard. It is a new episode of the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. It is episode number 180. Good to have you aboard with us. Coming up on today's episode, a former Redskins head coach with a good new gig as well. How hot to trot will the Redskins be for Antonio Brown? It's a subject we've talked about several times here on the Locked on Redskins podcast as well, a review, if you missed, of our award winners, Oscars style for the 2018 Redskins. A Skins Spotlight featuring Trey Quinn. If you've missed recent Skins Spotlights, please go back and check. We did DeShazer Everett, Stacy McGee, and Pernell McPhee last week, as well an update on Preston Smith and a good free agency fun match we'll all get to uh, we'll get to all of that and uh, try and get to as much as we can uh, in addition to that as time allows as always thanks for downloading thanks for listening please make sure you follow at locked redskins at locked redskins on twitter uh, that is just redskins content unique content uh, that i try and put up there as much and as often as i can for me and others at Locked Redskins, as well at Locked on NFL Net, at Locked on NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram for all of our NFL team coverage from all of our local experts all around the National Football League. And as well, you can follow me individually, not just for Redskins content. So you're going to have to deal with uh, some traffic complaints. You're going to have to deal with some pictures of my kids. Uh, and you're going to have to deal with me occasionally fighting with some morons on Twitter. Uh, plus a lot of Capitals coverage and Nationals coverage at WrestleMania 621. All right, away we go. So congratulations to Jim Zorn, the former Redskins head coach, of course, in 2018, uh, 2008 and 2009. Jim Zorn is the new head coach and general manager of the Seattle XFL franchise. And listen, this is a home run in Seattle for Zorn, for the XFL. He is still revered up there. Uh, former great quarterback, quarterback's coach before he came to the Washington Redskins again for the 2008 season and somehow stumbled into the head coaching position. Uh, look, I was in Washington, D.C. and working, uh, ironically enough, not in football when Jim Zorn was recruited and hired. Of course, I knew who he was. I had heard about his rise. I knew how highly thought of he was. But a lot of guys are highly thought of, right? I mean, the the Minnesota Vikings went out and hired an offensive coordinator this year from the Philadelphia Eagles, John Filippo, who everybody had as a surefire, absolutely ticketed head coach to be like pronto. Some were even mentioning after the Eagles Super Bowl. And, of course, he got the offensive coordinator position in Minnesota and lasted less than 75% of the year. 
Uh, he couldn't get along with Mike Zimmer. He didn't want to run the ball like too many stubborn head coaches. Mike Zimmer obviously wanted to play more ball control, reduce the pressure on Kirk Cousins, reduce the pressure on the offensive line, reduce the pressure on the defense. You know, all the smart things that we constantly talk about that all these throw, 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 throw people just con conveniently forget about because they're so enamored with metrics and putting up numbers that they completely forget that when those quarterbacks can't do that, which 90% of the time they can't, their offenses and their teams virtually have no chance. But anyway, I digress. So anyway, he went to Minnesota and got blown out after that Seattle Monday night loss in which the Vikings were shut out, and you just knew things were bad uh, there. And it was kind of like a fall from major grace. I'm not even sure if he's got um, – I think he took a quarterback job somewhere. I'd have to double-check. But the point of the matter is is that was a mighty fall from grace from a guy who everybody thought would be a head coach potentially even before Frank Reich, who got the Indianapolis job, who was the offensive coordinator in Philadelphia for Doug Peterson – he got the Indianapolis head coaching job after Josh McDaniels agreed to it and then backed out at the last second, did a great job, did Reich in his first year. And again, a lot of people thought Filippo was the guy that was going to be propelled even higher because of his work with Carson Wentz, because of his work with Nick Foles. People forget. It's not always just about the talent and the production in one spot a lot of things have to go right. And that's exactly kind of what happened to Jim Zorn is Zorn comes in from Seattle, very highly thought of, smart, young, kind of energetic, uh, relatable to today's players. 2008, hired as the offensive coordinator. The Redskins can't find a head coach, so they ultimately settle on Jim Zorn as the head coach. Everyone knew he was probably in way over his head they start off six and two they start off six and two uh my pal chuck sapienza who i worked with for five years uh on the redskins radio network and we traveled together we were on the redskins team plane we were at redskins hotels and at every redskins game home and away again for five plus years uh, five years together, more than that. Chuck was even around longer than that. He was around and traveling with the team on, uh, during the Jim Zorn era. He tells the story, and he told it on Twitter, how Jim Zorn would come to the back of the plane where, again, marketing people and some radio people and some media people were with, and he just was just you know, so happy and giddy, and he couldn't believe how lucky he was to have this position, and surely – uh, I, I, I'm guessing he was absolutely feeling very fortunate that all of a sudden he was the head coach of the Washington Redskins until the roof collapsed. Again, they started off 6-2 and two in that first year. They finished 8-8. Eight and eight. And I remember, again, from afar, but living in the Washington, D.C. area, you heard all all of these rumors about players boycotting like Clinton Portis, the final game of the season out in San Francisco and all this stuff. And the Redskins finished eight and eight that year. And everybody knew that Jim Zorn was pretty much a dead man walking. And coming into 2009, my first year on the beat. Now I don't start until the day before the 
Training camp opens officially for 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., which had just converted to all sports. I don't know a soul in the organization. I've never been to Redskins Park. This is late July 2009, Zorn's last year. And, you know, of course, I have a huge task ahead of me. Uh, And, of course, the season goes woefully wrong. They lose in Detroit. And Albert Hainsworth is a disaster. They lose, again, week three in Detroit to a team that hadn't won in, uh, I guess it was 19 games at the point. And that's when Dan Snyder and other top henchmen and executive flew out to Mike Shanahan in the dark of the night uh, and tried to recruit him and tried to fire Zorn essentially on the spot. And ultimately that led to a 4-12 and season. And ultimately, that led to, and, and ironically, they beat the Denver Broncos, uh, which were still pretty good uh, at that time, even after firing Mike Shanahan the year before that. That was at FedEx Field, and that was their last win of the year, if memory serves me correct. There was back-to-back primetime games uh, at night with the swinging gate against the Cowboys, against the Giants right around Christmas. It was brutally cold, snow all over the place. The Redskins were awful. Um, and then the season ended in San Diego, and that was the end of the Jason Campbell era. He never played another game. That was the end of the Jim Zorn era. Jim Zorn was fired. As soon as the team got back to Washington, they landed. They boarded in a United cargo van back to Redskins Park, and I was told that he was fired in that particular van ride from Dulles International Airport back to Redskins Park. And by the time I landed in Cincinnati overnight that morning, or you know, early that Monday morning, um, the morning after the season ended at about 5.30 in the morning, word had already been circulated, I believe first from Lindsay Zarniak then of NBC4 Washington, who ultimately went on to work at ESPN and TNT and all that, uh, and does a great job uh, covering NASCAR and the NFL and so much. Um, she, I believe, was the first to break it. And Jim Zorn never coached again as a head coach in the NFL. And pro- and maybe never will uh, because he was kind of looked at as this kind of incompetent guy. He did coach as a quarterback's coach with the Baltimore Ravens the next year. I remember going up to the Ravens facility and sitting down with Jim Oh, for a good hour. And we just had a great conversation, did a long extended interview, talked about a lot of different things. Um, You know, certainly he was frustrated with how things turned out. I don't know if he ever thought he was never going to get a head coaching opportunity again, but here he is all these years later, what, nine years later, and he's done some coaching in all-star games and all that stuff. Um And here he is nine years later. And he won't get to coach this year, so it'll actually be, what, 10 years when Jim Zorn, the former Redskins head coach, and what a disastrous two-year run it ultimately turned out to be. Um, Not as bad as, as, as Steve Spurrier, in my opinion, because so much more was expected. Uh, And even quite honestly, some of the years under Mike Shanahan and I guess under Jay Gruden, um, but Jim Zorn is the head coach and general manager of the new XFL Seattle franchise. It would have been a kick in the pants if he was the head coach and the general manager of the Washington, D.C. XFL franchise. But the XFL trying to, of course, connect the roots 
to the hometown and there's no bigger name that's out of work, oh, by the way, that would connect some dots and, again, connect the Seattle roots to the new franchise than Jim Zorn. So good luck to him. Hope he has some success up there. Hope that league has some success up there as well. All right, when we come back here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, probably spent too much time on Jim Zorn, but wanted to tell some stories there uh, of my first year on the beat and beyond. What did Peter King say about the Redskins' pursuit of Antonio Brown or the Redskins' possible pursuit of Antonio Brown? We'll have that for you from Football Morning in America. We'll have our Skins Spotlight, and we'll also have an update on Preston Smith. All still to come on the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 180. Thanks for being with us. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is the Locked on Redskins podcast. It is episode number 180. Hey, when you get in your car, whatever your smart device is, um, I don't have one, so I don't know uh, if this is all right, but Siri, Alexa, uh, whatever your smart device is called, say, hey, Siri, or whatever it is, play Locked on Redskins podcast, or play podcast Locked on Redskins Hey, Siri, play podcast Locked on Redskins. Help us out, huh? And be hands-free and be safe and get some Redskins content. Uh, And this podcast or any podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. And away you go. All right. Now that we got done with story time from Jim Zorn, back to the business of trying to fix the Washington Redskins, which is a pretty hard task to do. But one way that we have talked about several times uh, here on this podcast is by going after potentially Antonio Brown, the troubled wide receiver, clearly getting traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers, clearly a diva, clearly an enormous pain in the butt. All of that. All of that is true. But part of the reason why you go after a guy like that is, A, because you don't have anybody even close to his level of talent or execution. B, his contract is more than reasonable. And then on top of that, now, again, if he wants a big-time extent, who knows? Uh, On top of that, the cost, because everyone knows the Pittsburgh Steelers has to get rid of him or have to get rid of him, The cost is nowhere near what a normal trade for a guy of his magnitude would cost. There's risk on the acquiring team's end. There is the contract inheritance. There is also, again, no leverage for the Steelers because everyone knows they are going to get rid of him. That's the problem when all of this stuff becomes public is that there is no re- – it's the same thing with the Bryce Harper situation. As soon as he picked initially a team, he lost any limited leverage that he had, and now Scott Boris and his clan have been working hard behind the scenes to drum up all sorts of interest, again, because his client didn't have any. Anyway, the point of the matter is it's – not going to cost you anywhere near as much, and it shouldn't, quite honestly, to get Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers. So here's what Peter King wrote in his Monday morning column, which used to be Monday morning quarterback or MMQB, uh, and is now called Football Morning in America on Pro Football Talk and NBCSports.com. He said, and he listed about 
five teams that were ideal potential trade candidates with the Steelers for Antonio Brown. The Redskins were listed second. I don't know if it was tiered in that order or if that's just the way it was. But King said, quote, and I put this up on Twitter, at Locked Redskins, at Locked Redskins is how you can read the entire article. Quote, a smart guy in the league told me the other day, look for the desperate teams with Brown. And that's an inside quotations. That's what the, the smart guy, as King describes him. He said, what team, and this is King saying this and writing this, what team is more desperate than Washington, which is hemorrhaging fans, true, has no idea who the 2019 quarterback will be, true, has no idea who the 2020 coach will be, true, hasn't won a playoff game in 14 years, true, and has an embattled owner searching for anything that will get his team out of the muck and mire of mediocrity. True, 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 and true. He said, this also fits the Pittsburgh plan of wanting to send Brown out of the AFC, which, again, we talked about. The problem, obviously, would be finding a quarterback to get the ball to Brown. But Washington's a team that loves to win the offseason. That is mostly true, but hasn't been true for a long time. But they are desperate. They are desperate for a jolt of electricity right now. Because, trust me, their numbers, their ticket sales, their club seats, their everything is a complete and utter disaster. And they can blame it on Brian LaFamina all they want. Nothing to do with it. Um, And King goes on, but Washington's a team that loves to win the offseason and hasn't done so in a while, which, again, is all true. I'd be surprised if Bruce Allen and Kevin Colbert, the Steelers general manager, don't talk about Brown. Yes, so would I. So would I. We've been talking about this for weeks now. The Redskins, if they are going to make a trade, and if they are going to make a trade of assets, as I've said repeatedly, they should absolutely trade assets for Antonio Brown as opposed to some rookie quarterback who there is no way under, even as smart as Kyle Smith is, there is no way you can tell me you have any true, authentic way of guaranteeing that you're not just taking a chance, a calculated chance, as you are with Antonio Brown, but at the very minimum with Antonio Brown, here's what you know. What you know is, assuming he's still on the roster, he makes Josh Doxson better, he makes Paul Richardson better, he makes Jordan Reed better, and yes, while the quarterback situation is a mess, it still frees you up to draft a quarterback in the first round, if you'd like, or it frees you up in the second round to draft a quarterback, assuming that you haven't traded a second-round pick to the Steelers. And that would be the best of both worlds. Like, if you could trade a third-round pick this year and the Redskins have two, as we detailed yesterday or on the last episode, episode number 179, in because of the compensatory if you could deal that and maybe a second round pick next year I would probably be willing to do that for the gamble for the risk of Antonio Brown I I understand it could terribly blow up in your face but I don't know what else to do 
to rescue this franchise. And it's not just about marketing, and it's not just about ticket sales, and it's not just about excitement. Clearly, Antonio Brown is a very, 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 very good football player, and a lot of people think he's you know, the best, if not top two, three wide receivers in the NFL for the last seven or eight years. And who's to argue with that? Now, could it be a complete disaster? Absolutely. Would it likely work out because it's the Redskins? No. Um, but I don't know what else you'd do because they haven't proven that they can hit enough home runs in the draft where they can get really good really quickly. They hit a couple of home runs. But mo- it, it, it seems to be, it seems to be good to potentially very good players, not great game changer type players, not dynamic difference makers. So to me, I'm going to trust a guy with a track record, a proven experience level at the NFL level, who's dominated, even though he's a big pain in the ass, over trading up for a quarterback or somebody else that you just simply don't know, but especially a quarterback. That's just me. All right. On the Locked on Redskins podcast, wanted to take care of that. We come back. We will finish it up with a skin spotlight, Trey Quinn, and as well a note on Preston Smith. We'll do that next right here. Episode number 180, 180 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard with us right here on the Locked on Podcast Network. We welcome you back. It is the Locked on Redskins podcast. A bunch of things to finish up here before we exit stage left uh, here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. I am your host, Chris Russell. It is good to have you aboard with us right here uh, on, again, episode number 180. All right, so a couple of things that we have to get to here before we run out of time because we're already running behind is this. Matt Vanderame, who I haven't heard of until the last couple of weeks, but he is, a, according to his Twitter, which is an official account or a blue checkmarked account, whatever, uh, he is a national NFL reporter for Fansided, uh, which I know is a website that has you know gained some traction here a little bit over the last couple of months at Fansided. Uh, he, again, I don't know his qualifications, his credentials, whatever. I do know he has popped up uh, a bunch of times on my timeline, so you take this for whatever it's worth. He said Redskins star defensive end, really an edge, outside linebacker Preston Smith has more than a half dozen teams interested in him per league conversations. At this point, it's unlikely he returns to Washington. Yeah, I mean, as we've talked about, this is not a surprise. And as we mentioned, when the Redskins did not engage in any early preliminary contract talks, that told you everything you needed to know. That doesn't mean officially the door is closed, but if they really wanted Preston Smith back, if they put it as a priority, they would have engaged in some sort of serious, meaningful talks at this point. Uh, They are content with letting Preston Smith go. They are content with letting Preston Smith explore the market. And if he comes back to them and says, hey, look, I didn't get the deal that I want, uh, maybe they might consider doing something. But the Redskins are basically prepared to let Preston Smith go, which I think is still a mistake. Uh, They think they're better than they are with Ryan Anderson, Pernell McPhee, and whoever else they draft. And again, McPhee is a free agent. We broke him down in the skin spotlight last week. Uh, So, uh, you know, what else else can I tell you other than uh, this is not surprising. Uh, 
Preston Smith is going to get a lot of money, and he knows that, and so do the Redskins. And to be fair to them, uh, they understand that Preston Smith is probably going to get paid way more than he's ultimately worth, and that's why they're choosing to walk away. All right. Um, so as we wrap things up here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, I wanted to do our skins spotlight. We talked about Antonio Brown and why the Redskins should go after him. Trey Quinn was the seventh round pick, the last pick in the 2018 NFL draft. Mr. Irrelevant, pick number 256 overall last year by the Washington Redskins. And right away you started hearing, man, this guy has something. This guy has some wiggle. This guy can run routes. This guy catches everything. Production, um, you know, he's just a small white guy, and that's why he kind of lasted as long as he did. He can return some punts. But he's not that small. He's six foot. And he's got some bulk on his frame at around 200 pounds. The problem with Trey Quinn is in limited doses, he was impressive. He did open some eyes with the Washington. He just couldn't stay on the field. He got hurt in week one and missed the next, um, what, nine games? And didn't return until the game that Alex Smith was lost probably forever in against Houston, which was week 11. And then he caught a touchdown a couple of days later, his first career touchdown on Thanksgiving Day in Dallas when the Redskins were trying to make a comeback. And you thought, okay, here we go. This is Trey Quinn. We got something. And then he never played again. He re-injured himself. He was never able to get back on the field. Uh, He was really sore, according to Jay Gruden. Then they eventually shut him down after about two more weeks. So in Trey Quinn's first year, he only played in three games. He was targeted 10 times, had nine receptions. Uh, that's obviously great. 75 receiving yards, the touchdown that we mentioned, 8.3 yards per reception, 20 yards after the catch, 2.2 yards after the catch per reception, a long of 15, five first downs, um, a pass that was intended for him was intercepted. Uh, and, you know, overall, again, in the three games that we got to see him in, Pretty damn good. Grades overall, 57.3 on offense. I I would not read too much into that. 58.7 as a receiver. In terms of drops, profootballfocus.com and their premium subscription gave him a 78 and fumbles 75.1. Whatever. I don't care about any of that stuff. Um, And again, I would say this, that Trey Quinn can help you as a punt returner as we mentioned, and that is something that has been missing for the Redskins for a while. He had four punt returns in his rookie year for 52 yards, a long of 30, 13 per attempt. You know, look, I don't know what to tell you other than Trey Quinn is something, and he's going to replace Jamison Crowder, in my opinion, as the starting slot receiver and primary punt returner. The problem is, is I don't know if he can stay on the field. And I don't know how anybody knows that at this point because he was hurt so much in his rookie year. Now, maybe he can. Maybe he can't. To my knowledge, there was no big injury history. I don't remember one when he was coming out of college. But the bottom line is is his first year showed a lot of promise and also showed a lot of downside. All right, that's going to do it for us here on the Locked on Redskins podcast. We didn't get to everything as usual. We're run out of time, but we have to kind of limit what we can do and how long we can keep you guys here. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Again, when you get in your car, tell your smart speaker, whatever it is, Alexa, Siri, whatever it is, say, play Siri, podcast, 
Locked on Redskins. That's the way to go. Hands-free. Be safe. Listen, download, share, tell a friend. Please check out at Locked Redskins on Twitter, at Locked on NFL Net on Twitter and Instagram. Adios.